0: Welcome to Social Proof, a podcast about influence brought to you by Soapbox. We're in the business of social media and influencer marketing, so we talk to people every day who've built brands, fans, and followers. We're intrigued by the idea of influence. What makes certain people so compelling? Join us each and every week as we raise our glasses with captivating individuals and dig into what it means to develop a personal brand and have true influence. Cheers to real people and riveting stories. All right, welcome to Social Proof, a podcast with Soapbox Influence. I'm Beth Stevens, and I am thrilled to have Tamiko with us today. Tamiko, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, Beth. Thanks for um, inviting me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Why don't you give us an
1: introduction to yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I like to always start off with I am a mother, a wife. Um, I like to consider myself a pretty awesome best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, uh, um, I enjoy like, spending time with family and friends and um, enjoy just spending quality time with my kiddos. And they, my kiddos are... Huge Marvel fan. So oh, we are one it. of those ones that stay at the movies <laughs> and watch the credits to the after credits. So you'll know what's happening for the next Mar- Marvel Marvel fan. So we are we are diehards there. And uh, so that's me as a person and professionally. Um I've been um, in corporate America for over 20 years. I don't want that to like come out on, uh, on the camera, but <laughs> it doesn't show in your skin. Corporate America. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. For 20 years, Um, did a lot of work in the CPG industry, worked for both Target, PepsiCo, had some really great experiences there before moving over to what I'm really, truly passionate about which is working for NexUp as their chief operating officer, which is all about advancing women in the workplace. And so um, it's so funny because I used to do this work for free because I used to do (laughs) it when I was working for PepsiCo. I used to work and volunteer in the regions and be an ambassador. So now being on the other side is really refreshing and and rewarding. um, And I enjoy and enjoy that. So I'm originally from California. Ah, I grew up, you know, in the sunny California. And now I'm in Texas, which is so funny that I moved from one coast to the right. to the next, because I never thought <laughs> that I that I would do that. Yeah. But um born and raised in California, um, Southern Cal on the opposite side of the track. So when most people think of California, they think of the beautiful beaches and things like that. Um, I wasn't on that side. That was not where I came from. Right. I graduated from Crenshaw High School. Okay. I was um, and what people would consider, uh, well, actually, it truly is the top ten worst places to oh, live gosh. right now. <laughs> let alone raise a family, right? Oh, so I don't man. know how I survived yeah. it, but I did, and uh, it was it was great. But it brought me to who I am today. So um, again, I've th- accomplished a lot uh, in my career, and I'm extremely appreciative to that. But mostly humbled because of the the odds of where I am now from where I came right. from is completely you know outside of the box of what most people would have would have thought. So. So that's who, that's me. So I love that. um, hopefully I wasn't too long of no. an intro. <laughs>
0: Great elevator speech. Actually, I love it. I always wish that our guests would go into a little more detail. So I love that you did that because I think who you are as a per- person really frames up the conversation that we want to have with you. So, so oh, you mentioned Next Step and the mission specifically, obviously that's how you and I met. I was thrilled when you joined the team. We've been very involved as an organization with Next Step, both here in Northwest Arkansas and then at the national level. So. Dig into that just a little bit more for those who are not familiar with NextUp and its work.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, Next Up, of course, we are. it's an organization that's been around for over 22 years, um, and uh, we went through some rebranding. So the last couple of years, it's Next Up. but it, for those who mm-hmm. might have known us when we were the network of executive women, we did some transformation and some um, rebranding to be more inclusive, of course, to ensure that all women are... Um, have opportunity to be at the seat of the table and mm-hmm. then to, of course, make sure that we're partnering with organizations and providing great um, de and and B. And we really focus on the B as well for belonging yes. so that we can really help drive that message um, with our partners. We have really great partners. We have over 120 great partners. We have over 21 regions of mm-hmm. volunteers that like like yourself that are doing amazing, amazing work in the community and creating that network and that space for women to be able to you know, one, have opportunity to talk to each other as you're going through your career journeys right. and even, you know, personal journeys as well, really having yes. that support there. And then also for our male allies, I was really big on the rebranding, was really about like, how do we make sure our male allies, right. our women of color, our LGBTQ community really feel included. And so that was really about this rebranding where it's just not a network for executive women. It's a network right. for women and our male allies to really right. help champion the message of the acceleration for for women in the workplace.
0: I love that. You know, I thought the rebranding was so critical and watched it. Um, I was really riveted by that entire process because I think previously, you know, there was that misconception that, right, this is network of executive women. So it's only networking, it's only executives, and it's only for women, which is very, very much not the case. And so I think the new branding has just really opened up the organization and helped, I think, all of the regions lean into the important work that we're doing. And there's also been a little bit of a shift because the organization started uh, really focused on the CPG and retail industry, but has evolved in recent years to include, I believe it's the finance and tech sectors. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Finance,
1: tech. Yeah. That's our goal is that we want to have a broader reach, right? It was born out of necessity. Um, We're still here, which is, you know, also an opportunity too, right? But that's the whole mission and drive, (laughs) right? Uh, But definitely. um, And I, you know, I give kudos to our founders because again, like to be able to one, be around for that long and have 21 regions, you know, it's really one, it was, it's a need, but it's a, it was a need that they were so just like, innovational mm-hmm. right during that time right Absolutely. to say like let's get together let's figure out how do we create community and network right um and then now our goal is how do we expand that how do we be able to kind of reach you know more because to your point you know like there you can have we have college and like we just did this this really great college well i spoke at a panel for uh it's called like women in tech but it was a, it was really about like how do we get more women in tech you mm-hmm. know into different roles right and so uh, but these were all like college they were college a- okay. graduates are either in college. Right. And yeah. so uh, we opened up that opportunity, one, give them membership, but to your point, it's mm-hmm. like, they may have thought like, okay, if it was network of executive women, like right. who is this person coming I'm to talk not to me? Executive. I'm not an right. executive yet. I, yeah. I'm trying to get into the door. Right. And right. so our outreach to the college students has been really phenomenal. And they like, we have like, after that, Meaning we had like 51 of them like want to join and sign up. We're oh, like, absolutely. and We curated a completely orientation. So it kind of pushed us to say, yeah. okay, wait, we need an orientation to onboard them and show right. them all the wonderful things that NextUp has to offer. It's so, so it's exciting. just that whole transformational side that comes with the rebranding as
0: well. I love that. Well, and you and I will see one another in Seattle here in a few short weeks as well. I'll be speaking. Right. I believe you're joining uh, for one of the regions, of yes. the Pacific Northwest region ironically my 18-year-old daughter lives there in Seattle so she's coming to the event and kind oh, of recruiting awesome. I yeah love that. recruiting yeah. some of her friends locally and you know many of them are in fields that are completely unrelated to the corporate sector and um, more environmental sciences and forestry and sustainability but she has kind of I, I think this is actually kind of a fun segue into some questions i want to ask you she has really you know, been around me for years and years building a business. And that's been, you know, just that observation has been a huge part of her education. And I think that's Mm -hmm. an opportunity for next step. The more we can recruit Gen Z into the organization, you know, the whole point is that we're advancing, which is why I love that keyword and the mission. We're advancing women and helping them in their career and, um, you know, helping them get to, the places they want to be where they can have impact on other women and men across uh, their careers. So so talk a little bit about that because I think one of the things that you and I really connected on in Chicago, I think, was just this idea of, you know, to oversimplify, paying it forward, right? You know, knowing that we're only where we are, we only have the jobs that we have because of others supporting and elevating and pushing us forward when we probably weren't qualified. And I think that's what I'm so passionate about within Next Up is, you know, you get to kind of pay that back and pay that forward. So can you dig into that personally a little bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's always been kind of my, my mantra as well, right? Which mm-hmm. I think is why we truly connected on yeah. that, right? Is because, you know, when you don't have an example of that, right? Again, for right. myself, growing up in South Central L.A., yeah you know, and being, you know, the first in my family to go to college and then get a master's and then go to Harvard, all that, all those things. I never Mm -hmm. saw anybody do that. Right. You know, like for me, it was like, go get a trade. And then most of the women in my family were like CNNs and then they became RNs and became a nurse because it was an easy pathway of doing trade work and then getting into a professional career, which is rewarding, but not seeing that yeah, not seeing like okay, going to college and doing those things. So I didn't have any of that as an example. So I was kind of creating a lot of that yeah. on my own and making mistakes and things in that nature. And so for me, it was like it was big on like once I I never I still haven't made it. Everybody's really made it, <laughs> yeah, right? Let so, me know when we do. <laughs> exactly right, right. But when I got to a point where I started to become a little bit more secure, I should say in myself, I thought, you right. know what, like. I don't want anybody to have to go through the same challenges right. that I went through. And if I can make that difference and yeah. say, like, don't go through that door when you stumble on here, here's yeah. some um, things that you can do differently, or just be that voice right. to where you need to have some uh, you know, to vent and have a, you know, right. somebody that you can put some sound bites out there for you. It was so crucial for me. So I've always sure. started the volunteer, which is how I like landed on the network of executive women right. new at that time before yeah. Next Up how I landed there. And what I love about our programs as well, we have this one program that's called Rising Stars yes. that NextUp does. And we bring in all these junior level managers. And um, well, actually, I really love the fact that this one um, uh, participant, she connected with me there. I did a keynote there. She connected with me there. She connected me on LinkedIn. She kept asking and she was like, <laughs> like, I really want to connect. I was like, and I love that. And I ended up, I'm like, okay, Tenacity. you know what? You, got, you now have a mentee. Like, yeah. I will connect with you. And I told my admin, I was like, just go ahead and put a, Every four weeks for yeah. her and I, every four to six weeks <laughs> for that. us to connect. Yeah. Because again, it's someone that's like, that like needs that. And right. who am I to say like, no, I'm like, I will carve right. out the time. Exactly. I can't do it for like everybody, right? Yeah. But <laughs> carving out that time <laughs> to make that happen. And so for me, it's so important right. uh, to pay it forward because yes. when you do, it's not only rewarding for yourself, it feels sure. it's, a, it's a feel good, it uh, is. but you learn so much and it really helps with reverse mentoring. Cause I, I'll be honest with you. I've oh, learned yeah. so much during the times of mentoring as well, sure. more than the mentee probably knows. And I always yeah. tell them that are like, Oh, you're just, I'm like, no, really? Like yeah. you're teaching me some things because I ain't to know this. Um, and like you, Beth, I have a, my daughter's in 12th grade this year. So yeah. she um, she's 16 turning 17. So I have a youngster too, like right. one, I listening to her and providing, you know, her like some guidance and right. suggestions but she too comes back and say well mommy what about this have you thought about that and i'm like well okay that's no, I really that's haven't. good right <laughs> exactly. it challenges your thinking right? <laughs> right so so i love it um it's 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 what we should do right as women right. um you know you and i talked about this is that yeah we always want to say like, we need our male allies, which we do. right? Male allies are so important, but we also need women, like women to support women. How do we do those things and make sure like, if I am the only one on the table, I should really be advocating to figure out like, how do I get another right um, up there and pull it through? So, so that's really big and huge for me as well.
0: I love that. And I think it was so interesting to hear you dig into mentoring and You know, I started my career actually at at Big Brothers, Big Sisters in a mentoring organization. And so I think that really stayed with me because at the time I was young and, you know, mid-20s and my mentee was 12 and came from a very troubled home, extremely Mm -hmm. troubled home. And just the things that I learned from her and her perspective and her questions really, I think just, you know, stopped me a number of times from thinking that I had it all figured out for sure. Yeah, And that and desire to have that kind of back and forth mentoring has been something that's been really important to me. I learned so much from our team. They are completely amazing. And sometimes I'm really, I feel very lucky to just be at the table because I'm over here 45 with this team of, you know, nobody is really over <laughs> right. 35. They're all, you know, about right, 22 right. to 35. And it, it's just really cool and, and really fun. So the the kind of topic of Social Proof, which I think is just a, a perfect alignment with everything we've talked about already, is we're obviously an agency in the social media and the influencer marketing world. And so what we like to do with our guests is kind of understand how they view influence, because a lot of times this world, this arena of influencer marketing can get a very bad rap. It can um, you mm-hmm. know be perceived as very superficial or... Um, all sorts of things. And um, we always like to joke about the account influencers in the wild and all the, you know, horrifying things that are going on. Also amusing, right. But influence is a really interesting topic that I think blends nicely with mentoring. And it's this idea of, you know, someone who has influence has the microphone, right? They have the attention of others. And so with that comes great responsibility. So I would love for you to dig into how you view influence and who influences and impacts you.
1: Yeah, no, that's a really great question. It's, that's a really great question because I actually we talked that with my with my kiddos. Also, I also have a yeah. 12-year-old son as well. We talk about like, you know, I believe influence, to your point, it's like whatever platform that you're mm-hmm. on, right? A lot of times people think that you have to be this grand right. person. You have this, you know, you're on stage talking to you know, hundreds of thousands of people, right? Then you have influence. No, you have influence in your immediate circle. You have exactly. influence with your friends. You have influence at every level that you are. So for me, I've always looked at it as whatever platform I have right. is I have the ability to, whatever I say can influence someone else, especially in leadership. Right. And I had some really big leadership roles when I worked for um, the different organizations before becoming nonprofits. So I was yeah. very conscious of that is that what I say like matters, right? Yes. Because that's what people, Um, will either do or perceive, uh, you know, of, of me. So being very intentional on what I say and what I, what I think about. And then two, just really knowing that, you know, influences, and I always tell my, my kiddos, this is that it's better to have influence than to have fame, right? Because right now this whole thing of like, I I want to be famous and I want to do this. I want to do that. It's like, Okay, you can be famous and then you're, you're thought about it and you're gone, but influence changes things, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can get in there and things are doing something and you're like, this is not right or we should do something different, right. having a relationship to change it and mm-hmm. creating an influence and then people coming back to you because now you become a great subjectmatic expert on whatever right. that is. And it can be that you color better than everyone else or it can be <laughs> that you, know, you speak or whatever it may right. be is that that is your true secret sauce, right? And right. knowing what that is. So when you know what that is, then you show up and then you're able to use your Mm -hmm. gifting to, you know, influence others and matters of whatever is needed at at that time and Mm -hmm. leveraging every platform that you have in order to do that. And so my influencers, are, of course, I love Oprah Winfrey. She's like one of my major influencers. Like every time I need to get jazzed up, I'll like turn on like YouTube and find one of her little speeches to get me. Get me started. Such a good hype Um,
0: method. Oh, yeah, it
1: is. It's moments, especially when you know, because we're human beings, right? Right. Like, there's like things can go really well in your career, but you, we're humans and we're emotional, right? So Mm -hmm. there's times you might have a low day, and so you got to figure out like how do you get yourself back up. And so I am big on motivational speaking and listening to different speakers to help build build me back up which is why she's one of my number ones. And my number two, of course, would be, um, I love Beyonce, right? Because she is just fierce, right? And so for me, it's like, when I want to feel like I'm a badass, I'm yes. like, I'm putting on her music so I can just go. Home. And so my kids know the songs. We always listen They're to like, the clean versions. Mom, though, mom's typing so.
0: up. <laughs> That's right. Clean
1: versions, because uh, I do have kiddos. But, yeah. uh, but we jam to it. And it's just really, you know, it's that empowerment uh, piece of it. And then I'm also a spiritual person as well. And one of my favorite, you know, spiritual leaders is uh, Joe Osteens. I mm-hmm. love it because it's always talking life into who you are mm-hmm. and speaking the things about who who you are and what you do. And because, again, it goes back to if you want to influence others, you got to know right. who you are first, right? And if you don't know who you are and you don't believe in the things that, you know, you were created to do, mm-hmm. it may be hard to influence others. You might be influenced, sure. right, by right. things that are, right. that are, that are not not right. So being grounded um, yeah. into that as is, is one of another one of my influencers. Mm. So those were probably like my top three, that's you great, know, they're great all great over response. the board a little bit, yeah. right? So no, I love that But it works for me. Yeah. 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 Well,
0: that's neat. I mean, I think that's, what's interesting as well. That's why these answers are always so intriguing to me because, you know, they go from celebrities to everyday people, which that's exactly it. You know, you kind of collect these individuals and in terms of social media, a lot of times we tune into those individuals or, you know, we yeah. we track them down on YouTube or whatever the case may be, because we're seeking more of what they have to say. And you said two things that I thought were really fun. I wanted to dig back into one was on the idea of subject matter expertise. And the other was around the idea of what you said about Joel Austin and and kind of knowing who you are before you attempt to influence others. And that's a conversation that Emma on our team and others I, I've had recently where I think, you know, this self-awareness and this ability to kind of lean in and, and be comfortable with yourself is something that I think is becoming increasingly uncommon. Um, people are uncomfortable with just themselves or, or getting to know themselves. And so if it's, it's too quiet or they're too alone or, you know, whatever the case may be, they have to go seek um, some sort of yeah. input. And I'd love for you to dig into a little bit the idea of if you want to have influence, right? It's kind of like the the concept of if you want to be interesting, you have to be interested. Um, so, yeah. can you talk just a little bit more about that that thought process? Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: I think it's a it's a it's that's a really good one because I think it goes back to we've all heard the the theme imposter syndrome and all yeah. these little different things, right? To say mm-hmm. okay, like who am I, and am I being influenced and toad like. I should be this or, especially now, even more so for like, to your point earlier with social media, it's like, do I need to look this way, dress this way, act this way and all those things. And so if you spend too much time on it, you Mm -hmm. might start to think, do I need to do all these different, different things? If you're to, to your point earlier, not comfortable with who you are. And it happens and it shows up a lot. And I'll be honest sure. with you, like I went through those moments early in my career as a mm-hmm. leader where, right. you know, um, especially being a woman of color yeah. and I had this, again, coming from South Central LA, graduated yeah. from Crenshaw High School. Yeah. You know, we like, I used to wear braids. I like actually in college, I used to braid girls' hair yeah. for money because that was the way <laughs> Oh, I, was I love able that. I so like, entrepreneurial. Yes, I like, I got you. <laughs> yes. And I didn't even know that then, right? <laughs> I was like, hey, I need some extra cash. You want yeah. your hair braided? I'll braid your hair, right? So <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Right. So, But then um, getting into corporate America, I started to think like, do I wear braids, right? Because I knew braids had a stigma to that if you wear braids and that meant you must be ghetto and then that must mean this and so forth, so forth. So I had to go through these things. And I kid you not, there would be times when I'm ready to interview. If I had braids, I would take my braids down and wear my hair straight so I can go and and interview. Now, like it depends. I'll have a... My team now, they, every day they're like, because you got a different hairstyle. So now I'm like, every day something's <laughs> <living> different. <laughs> I mean, you when you met me, I had grades down here, right? Yeah, so-, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I change up now. But it took yeah. some time to get there, right? Because yeah. it may not have been necessarily social media that yep. influenced me. It was culture. It was perception. It was mm-hmm. stereotypes. There were all these different misconceptions because I didn't truly know who I was at the time right. and how I was... So- needed to show up at work. I thought I needed to show up looking, you know, similar to what a professional woman (laughs) looks like, right? Right. Even though I was, but I was like, well, I guess putting on this suit and these slacks or whatever now. This is what I do. Exactly. Now I don't do that. I'm like, I got on jeans. It's like, come come as you are, right? Right. Um, So I think that's part of it is really being able to know who you are. And then what we talked about earlier is influencing, you know, the younger generation to be comfortable with that. Because if I tell my story and I say like, look, I struggled with this too. I didn't know if I wanted to wear braids and I got a promotion. And even when I got promoted from like a director into a senior director role, I still struggled with it. I was like, Okay, do I, should I go in? Right? right, and I was like, no, I'm going to go, and I had to push myself, yeah. to say, no, this is you. You right. show up. This is how you are. Yeah, you know what? As long as they look good, you know, you 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 go. If it's not, if it's time to take the braids down, that's sure. a different story. Different story. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> if, you, if they're freshly done, I'm not yeah. taking them now just no. because I need to change. You know, a look in because I'm to suit uh, someone I'm, else, right? To, to suit someone else, or And their you know perception. what? A true yeah. driver of that is it's mm-hmm. fear. Yes, right. What drives us there is truly fear, and it's like okay. What am I afraid of? I'm afraid of being what, right? Right. And that's how I got to the conclusion of I was afraid of being stereotyped. I was afraid of being, you know, cast a certain way. And it's like, okay, you know what? What what would make the difference? If a person's going to stereotype me, they're going to do it no matter what. If I came in with braids or came with my hair straight and just pushing through that, was I think the biggest like change for me. And then it was like, yeah. it didn't matter. Nobody no. said anything. It I turns like, out what? it's okay. What was I stressing yeah. for, right? right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I really so, yeah. love that yeah. you brought this up. And there's another episode we did last season with my friend, Angel Beasley. We will have to send you a link because you two, by okay. the way, would really enjoy one another. Angel is the director, well, senior director now of multicultural hair care at Walmart. And we had a conversation that was very similar to this around um, the Crown Project. And, you know, certainly I I am not a woman of color. I have no perception. But it's amazing to me how frequently these conversations come up on the podcast where we talk about that fear and that idea of how we'll be perceived. And the super simplified version, which you touched on for me Mm -hmm. early in my career, was you know, I was in a corporate environment and I thought, well, I have to wear suits. This is what I have to do mm-hmm. because I'm a young female in a predominantly male industry. And so to be taken seriously, I have to look the part. And so, you know, again, this is a very simplified version, but at Soapbox, one of the things that, you know, it probably sounds a little silly or trite, but, you know, I, I told you I'm in sneaks today and athletic wear and, a, you know, kind of torn up jean jacket and you know, not that we don't need to look the part in certain situations, right. but for me- because you look great, by the like, way. Well, so. <laughs> that's generous. But, but you know, really <laughs> what we want, I, I, I want to encourage our entire team to show up as they are and to bring that's their right. brain, I want their brains, bring your brain to work, you know, that right. dress in a way that you're comfortable and can be productive and not that we don't, you know, touch it up a little bit when we're going to have guests in or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm but on a daily basis what you're wearing and and what you're carrying and and all of those sorts of things really have no bearing on the work you can right. do just as where you do the work really doesn't have a lot of bearing and so if you're performing if you're getting the job done if you're elevating others on the team then candidly i i don't care you know if you're in workout right. gear or if you're in a suit whatever whatever works and you I love what you said about that. It really comes down to fear and what we mm-hmm. assume will be the bad thing that happens and So I think, as older women, you know we have an opportunity to kind of set that precedent and to mm-hmm. encourage women to just bring them bring their full selves to work and That's right. you talked as well. I wanted to dig back into this around subject matter experts and so back to that idea of influence um i'll go on a little diatribe here to the side for a minute, but We have a young woman on our team. We actually recorded her on the podcast yesterday. She is an influencer and then, of course, works by day in influencer marketing. And she was talking about how she got into the world of being an influencer because she loved creating content. And she had particular things, you know, from skincare to baking and cooking that she She wanted to share. And I think that, you know, that pure idea of, I have something to share. I want to, I want to help bring you along is so exciting because so many people perceive influence as fame or recognition or a number of followers or being a public speaker. And so. Bringing it all back around for you, you know how do you have influence every day? how do you wield that influence, and how do you stay cognizant of the ripple effect you have and the impact you have on others?
1: yeah, no, that's a good question that's a really good question because again, going back to one you know my role in itself is a mm-hmm. is a really big role in the organization right yes. so the influence is is truly there, and that ripple effect like you talked yep. about is is it's i mean it you can't hide it, right? So right. if you say something wrong or you do something wrong or your people facial are expressions watching. wrong, people are watching, yeah. they're watching, yeah. right? So you have to be very right. conscious of that. However, on the same note, like for me, like even coming into the organization, I was really big on meeting every single person. And yes. my admin was like, are you sure? I was are like, sure yes, I want a 30 minute with everyone. Now, was it did, it? did it take a lot of time? It did, but it was so worth it for me. Yeah. Um, it was worth it for me. And, and I learned later that it was so beneficial in the feedback mm-hmm. that I got, you know, from the from the team. But for me, it was because I can't do anything as a leader mm-hmm. or even as a mom if, right. you know, if the team doesn't trust you or they don't know you. Right. And, sure. and so if I can't lean in and say, OK, let me let's yeah. talk about just you. Like, I don't want to talk about work, like outside right. of work. What do you enjoy doing? Let's mm-hmm. just connect on those levels. Cause I think when you start to influence is when you have a relationship cause you can't influence somebody right. that, that,
0: right. that
1: that doesn't connect with you, right? Like, so mm-hmm. I turn on Oprah or Joe Osteen because I connect with them and right. they're influencing me because I felt like, even though they don't know me, that I know them in my head, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> right? So I feel like I got a relationship <laughs> with them. I'm like, I'm their best friend, right? So you have to be able to have a relationship to influence and be passionate about something. Yes. And so for me, I'm extremely passionate about like my team feeling really good and feeling empowered mm. on what they can do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like, if, that. it's one way, one thing to say that it's another right. thing to show up that way and have yes. like, relationships to be able to, to cultivate that type of relationship and creating that open, open door policy. Right. right. I did that at every organization I was with. Um, and so, and like for birthdays and things yeah. like that, I am very attentional. I'm like, I tell my admin, put everybody's birthday, puts everybody's yeah. anniversary on my calendar. And, um, I, you know, I used to um, send out personal cards, but you got, but I got so many employees now. So now (laughs) I make sure I do personal emails, but I do, I attend and I'm very attentional on that because I know I have a level of influence that Mm -hmm. even though they have a direct manager that they report into that, um, I'm still, you know, someone that, you know, like they don't see every day, but so if I do say something or do something, they're either going to go, Oh, she's off or, Oh my God, I want to get behind her. Right. And yeah. so I want the, yes, I want to get behind. Yeah. And I know it's important you're, you're not, you're only as ex- successful as your team. Right. Yeah. So what you were saying is like, show up the way you are. I want you right. to bring your creativity yeah. you know, there. And so if I'm, if I'm cultivating that relationship and I'm driving that, mm-hmm. I'm going to get so much more out of the individual yeah. and I'm going to get innovation too. Right. Cause when people show up as themselves and they're thinking differently and they're, they're challenging yeah. the norms, innovation is birth, right? You're like, Oh, right. that's a great way to do that. Right. Yeah. You know, and it, and it creates that. So if you can leverage your influence to, to create a space for people to, to what we've been talking about, right. Feel comfortable being themselves and being able to share. Right. Um, you just, it, it, it just ignites a, a level of growth, not only for your organization, right. but it's really for them as it's individuals, true. um, as well. So, so I leverage influence in ways where it's it's just not one sided. So it's right. not for me to gain, right. it's for what is the person that I'm working with to gain as well. And then two, to storytell, like when we talk yeah. about our kiddos, is so that I can say, like, trust me, mommy been down around <laughs> right? your mentor. You Promise, don't yeah. <laughs> want to do that, right? You know, and so it's like yeah. so so leveraging in those those ways as well. But uh but influence is I in my mind, it's one of the things that and I think you said this earlier is that. People get so, you know, um, caught up on it and think that yes. it needs to be monetized, right? right? It's like, if I have influence, I need to monetize right. it, right? And I love what you said about uh, the, the young lady that works with you. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I love this soap and I think it works really well. So our, our, what, I want to the, the things yeah. she was doing. Yeah. And I want to tell others about it and right. be able to say like, this is what I do. Right. Uh, and the last part I would say about this is that I, I think it's also knowing what your secret sauce is, like who are you and what makes things like go and then leveraging that to your, you know, your benefit and then influence others because it's, it's, it's genuine, right? Right. And it's not making it up and trying to do because this person just did this YouTube. I'm going to do the next one, right? Right. Um, But but I I think the ones that, yeah, the ones that maybe go viral and people get so many likes on them, it's usually because it's just genuine, right? right. It's authentic. Exactly. It's like, oh my god, I didn't re- realize that. But then the next yeah. step would be is what do you do with that, right? Like, how do yes. you, you know, continue to um, encourage and inspire? So I think that's truly I love what that. you know influence is really about. So it is. And I know that's you... a long way of answering no, your no, question, no. but it was sorry.
0: perfect. <laughs> no, you and I are the same because we can kind of riff on a subject, which I I think is yeah. why we spent <laughs> about three hours talking over cocktails and dinner, but. You know, I think what's interesting is that you did a perfect job of circling back to the point that I was hoping you would make around subject matter expertise. Because, you know, again, when you when you lean into that special sauce or you lean into that thing that makes you distinct instead of trying to be whatever you perceive, you know, society or or those around you want to be, that's, that's where the cool stuff happens. And, uh, you know, I, for one, spent a long time, I think, in life and in my career almost trying to I mean, I am high energy, right? I bounce off the walls. I am excited. I wave my hands. I knock stuff over. And, you know, I just, I'm I'm very genuinely enthusiastic. And so much like wearing those suits, right? Or even the hair thing, like for a long time, I would try to kind of streamline and, okay, you got to be more professional. You got to be more buttoned up. You got to straighten your hair. You got to um, tone it down, Beth, right? And right, And right. what I've learned is that where I've had the most success and where people really lean in and want to partner with me whether it's clients or our team or you know on a personal level is they when they buy into that energy and that that true right. self and so i think cool advice that you gave there for anyone who wants to have influence whether as a profession or just in day-to-day life, which is what we're kind of getting at here. so Yeah,
1: no, it's so funny. We're we're very similar. I'll share share this one thing really quick. I know at times I'll share this one thing. I remember early in my career too, and um, I had this mentor and I thought he was super, super great, right? He was like a couple, I think I was a director at that level and he was like a senior VP. And I was like, of course, trying to inspire to get there. And I remember he said to me is that, what you just talked about. He was like, you, 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 you're great. You have a great presence, your team. And I, my team was like kicking butt. Your team is good, but you just, you got have, you have too much energy. You're going to have to tone that down. And I yeah. thought to myself, and then I started trying to figure out how do I tone it down? Right. And right. I was trying to do that. <laughs> that and it was like? <laughs> so awkward and so clunky. And to your point, it was like, I wasn't making any progress. And then when I just right. said, this is not it, I got to drop it. I am. Things started to open up, but it's like, and it goes back to influence he had influence over me and he sure. told me something about myself that, that right. and he probably didn't realize no, that it well, was going to sure. be that detrimental, yeah. right. but it really like started to make me question who I was. Right. So right. it goes back to as a leader and as a person influence, thinking through like, mm-hmm. what are you saying to people that can change right. their trajectory of how they see themselves and where they need to go? Like, is that like, are you putting me in a box? or Are you taking me outside the box? And that was putting right. me in the box. Right. And yeah. I was like, like everybody said, they like my energy, so maybe I do. Maybe yeah. is that the reason why? So, so influence also help. It can be can be you know turned opposite without you realizing That's it. Right. You know, That's adds, right. as a as a as an influencer as well. So it's like being, yeah. be conscious. I think of that is is the point. So I know we're probably wrapping on time. No, no you know I'm you're okay. Actually, so no, <laughs> no, <laughs> you're perfect.
0: I'm actually gonna nudge you to dig into two final questions here. So, okay. let me. Pro- I want to actually play with that a little bit more. I like the point you were just making. I think it's worth digging into, but I'm also going to give you a warning shot, which is my favorite thing to do that will end by talking about what you're into and what you're inhaling is kind of the way I always put it. So, you know, what you're into can be, you know, an object, it can be um, an exercise, an activity, a hobby, something that you're just really into right now. And then what are you kind of inhaling, you know, be it a series, a podcast, a book, you know, some form of content. So we'll end on that. But okay. real quick, let's stick with that theme of sort of unintended consequences of influence, yeah. right? Because we, we may have listeners who are in professional jobs and are supervising other people. They may not have that level of influence, but they do within their friend group or their peer group mm-hmm. or their family. And I really like what you said there about this idea that, you know, we have to be careful to, I, you didn't say this, I'm putting words in your mouth, but sort of elevate and encourage versus discourage. And you know to be a good leader, um, certainly you have to give tough feedback. Sometimes we have to do that as parents, we have to do that in the workplace. So how can you deliver that sort of messaging when you want to tell someone, Um, Something that's maybe not going to be easy for them to receive. And what you want is for them to become better as a result of it.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. I think the key to that truly is checking your bias first, right? Mm -hmm. So like, again, I think because this person that was giving me feedback was probably much more reserved. So somebody with high energy could become off like, oh, that's too much. It's too much for you, but it's not too much for where (laughs) I am and what I'm doing, right? So checking your bias so that it's truly good feedback and it's feedback for development and it's not mm. feedback because it's something that, you know, it's makes not, makes you feel
0: it, comfortable, makes
1: yeah. you, yeah, makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I think that's the, that's the key. Um, mm. And then if you can check your bias and it's really, you know, is feedback that's going to be helpful, right. right. Where it's, uh, Hey, I, this is going to help you advance in whatever it is that you're doing. I think right. that, um, that becomes, and, and, I, and then I think the conversation too, but usually because we all we always say feedback's the gift, right? Which I always right. say that too. But I remember when I first started getting feedback and Target was probably <laughs> the best company. This doesn't feel like a that, gift. <laughs> yes, right. And Target was probably the best company that taught me feedback on the spot where you go. And I was like, this is not nice, right? So then you develop a layer where you're like, okay, thank you for that. Because if yeah. I had got that, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. And sure. usually feedback resonates with the person you're giving the feedback to. So if you give me sure. feedback and I'm kind of like, but the with the other example I gave you, like, wait, wait a minute, do I have to change who I am? Yeah. That's not good feedback. But if the feedback right. is like, yeah, I can see that, you know what, I probably yeah. should have. Then, I, then, it, then, it, then it works because then right. it's moving that person forward, right? You know, you could have yeah. a little bit of, we all go, what do they call it? That cycle of acceptance. You get, yes. you know, you're Denial. like, I can't believe the person yeah. said that. Denial. I <laughs> can't believe the person said that. And then you're like, well, I heard that before. Well, yeah. maybe there's some truth Wait to it. Wait a minute. It. Probably <laughs> I need to change, right? Yeah. This may be a theme. Right. That may be a theme, exactly. And so I think that's where that constructive feedback comes at. But you yeah. got to check your bias at the door. Because sure. usually in what i found- advice is that usually it's the feedback comes because it makes the other person uncomfortable. So now they want you to change. So that way you could either, you know, emulate them, right. Right. Or something that they thought you should look like. Right. And so those, those levels of feedback are so like, it's, 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 it can become, you know, uh, detrimental for the person you're giving it to if, you know, you, and and they can smile and say, thank you for that. And you're like, well, that was great. It was a good conversation, but now they're questioning their whole identity. Right. right. The end of it. So well, And it can be dangerous, right? Yeah.
0: Because it can create an echo chamber of you know, right. individuals who all think and, and process and act in the same way. And that's extremely detrimental to any organization. Right. So, yeah. Okay. So yeah. let's wrap up with, you know, what you're into, something you're into, and then something you're absorbing, inhaling, reading, listening, watching. Okay. So what well, you got? See,
1: you're gonna think. Okay. So I'll <laughs> Don't judge me, right? So this is like I'm not very judgy. <laughs> so what I have been into lately, I kid you not, it's been like 90 Day Fiancé has been my jam. <laughs> yeah. I love
0: I when love we get the real answers.
1: Uh, oh my God. Like that has been like, you know, I have like I watch every series of it from the 90-day fiancé to where yeah. are they now? What happened? Like all of that, right? So that has been like my jam for it. It's like it won. it allows for my brain it's not to think about anything fluffy. else. Can- yes. Yeah. <laughs> And then I'm like, I can't believe they did that. And you're like, Are they going to make it? So, (laughs) so that has been my jam. I am like, I am so into that. It's hilarious. (laughs) I love art.
0: No, I love when our highly intelligent, educated guests who are doing important work give us an answer like that. It's my favorite. I know. I, know. So I was thinking thanks. about that. I was like, I should see a book that I'm no. reading and all whatever. I'm like, oh, uh, no. Keep it real. Just, keep it real. reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that is the perfect answer. Well, I'm, I decided to cede my time to you. Normally, um, we answer that as well, but there was just too much that I wanted to dig into with you. So we oh, had to awesome. keep you talking. And honestly, we could go another hour, but I know Tomico, we could, yes. such a delight to have you on. It was a blast talking to you today. Oh, we'll drop you. some links to next up and to your work okay. in the show notes. And thank you so much for joining us on social proof.
1: Yes. Thank you for having me. I truly
0: appreciate it. It was great. I'll see you very soon, my friend. All right. See you soon. Bye-bye.